Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. Today with me, I have Rick Thomas. He's a business advisor at Pilot Wealth Management. And Rick, before I have you dive in, we're going to talk about an interesting topic. First off, your business advisor at a wealth management company. Talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the thanks for the um, the question, Brandon, and thanks for for having me here. So yeah, so we're we're a little unique, uh, uh, you know, in in a broad category of uh, kind of capital management, of which a majority of the financial industry could say they're they're in in the business of advising on on capital allocation. We add an element to this around human capital, which is really mind role. And the reason we do that at Pilot is because uh, a good chunk of our clients are business owners. Hmm. And as uh, RIAs, uh, you know, we're a registered investment advisor. We advise our clients on their behalf uh, in, in how to allocate their capital. Uh, given that a number of them are business owners, a good chunk of their portfolio is tied up in that business. Mm-hmm. So it just made perfect sense to us that if we can help them um, get really good at generating profit within a healthy business, mm-hmm. that helps us uh, you know, uh, be of more value to them in, in advising on the capital side of things. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it really ties into what we want to talk about today. Absolutely. I mean, you're a business advisor. You're talking to how many I mean, business owners, executives, and helping them really grow their business. Right. And our topic, we're going to talk about brand promise yeah. and why it's so important. And you st- we start hearing the brand promise come up a little bit. You wrote an article recently, mm-hmm. and you open it up with a story about Walmart and how they sort of had this identity crisis about their brand promise. Can you tell that story? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'll give you a little bit of backstory with that one also. Um, so I, I, uh, I got a call from my daughter about six months ago, it was a panic call. And she's like, Dad, my car is overheating. I, I got to get it to the repair and yada, yada, yada. So I immediately go into dad, save, you know, dad saving mode, right? <laughs> you know, whip out the S on my chest. And so I'm, I'm on my way down from my office to where she's at with, with her car. And I'm trying to find the closest place to the freeway that has antifreeze. Hmm. Now, what pops into my head is Walmart. They and got everything. They got everything. Yeah. And, yeah, and a cheap, I, cheap price too. Yeah, I have, I have this love-hate relationship with Walmart. That's another does. story. But, but I, I do, I have come to depend on Walmart for certain things. Um, and that is, um, I can get the stuff that I want at a very, very reasonable price and a pretty darn good selection. So, what does this have to do with my daughter? So I'm heading down uh, the freeway, and of course I look them up on Google, and there's a Walmart that pops up right off the freeway here in um, on Boone's Ferry. 
So I, I go to that Walmart and interestingly enough, it's not like any Walmart I've seen before. It's a, it's a very small store and it's in the former location of uh, a, a business that was eventually bought out by Whole Foods, hmm. which is a natural foods store, yeah. what have you. Anyway, so, and, and it's called a, a Walmart neighborhood store. And I thought, okay, whatever. So I go, I go into this store because I'm on a mission to find antifreeze. And I'm racing up and down the aisles and I cannot find antifreeze there. And so I asked the attendant, I'm like, so where are your automotive supplies? He goes, well, we don't carry them here. He goes, you have to go to a superstore for that. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I've never run into that. And I start looking around and there is nothing about that store that said Walmart, except for the fact that it said Walmart on the outside of it. And, um, and they had really tall aisleways stacked with merchandise. Other than that, you would not know it was a Walmart. It's almost like they had set up that to compete with the Whole Foods of the world. Exactly. And that's, that seems crazy yeah. because then it veers off of what your promise is. So it ties into everything that you do from a business perspective. And so, so this, th this was the whole premise for the article is I, I started doing a little digging on why is it that Walmart made this, this decision to go into neighborhood stores? And at some point in the boardroom, they thought it would be a good idea because they saw things going small box that they need to go small box too to maintain a presence so they had bought a number of these small locations um, uh, throughout the country and they were miserable failures and not just from a business model point of view but getting back to brand promise i mean anybody that uh, studies business modeling could have walked through that store and known at a gut level, something's wrong here. This doesn't make sense. And it was fascinating to me that at, at the top level of that business, Walmart, in the boardroom, they missed that. That's fascinating to me, how a company that successful can do a miss, you know, have a miss that big. And, and I think it speaks to something even uh, uh, bigger about brand promise that can be really challenging that even a company like Walmart can miss it. That brand promise to me, and, and by the way, you'll ask 20 consultants on this, you'll probably get 20 different answers. About what a brand promise actually oh, is. About what it is and what it means. So let me give you my definition, Brandon. A brand prime, and I'm not a marketing guy, so uh, you know. You're speaking to one, but I mean, even, <laughs> so even for me, it's, we, it's we may sort have of you know different opinions about this, but a brand promise is, uh, in in the simplest terms, a a physical manifestation of the value that your business delivers to its client, in terms of what they experience, in terms of what they experience. So now, no matter what you say you do. And what that value is, what it really is, is the experience that they have in, in the use of the product, in, in, in the use of the service, in the way it makes them feel. Th that is what the brand promise is. And it's got to be across every aspect of the business, right? From the people you hire to the products that you offer to yes. the packaging, yes. if you create yes. your own products. And, and here, here's a little bit of my poke in the eye to marketing people, yeah. Brandon. So. <laughs> you know, thank you for indulging me yeah. here, is that I think sometimes marketing people uh, miss this. 
um, because they're so concerned about how to say it and how it's going to look, whether it's on the web or on, on a tweet or on the Facebook or, or in the literature, that they miss the core principle that really this is about the experience. And if we stay close to that, then the rest of it will take care of itself. Now, uh, you know, from a business ownership point of view and what, what I talk to our clients about in terms of this brand promise is look, don't go out and hire, you know, whether it's a marketing guy or, or an OD guy or somebody like me to, to, to figure that out for you. Now you can hire them to help you articulate it, but this, you have to really look in the mirror as a business owner or as an executive team, as a business to say, what is it that we deliver and what's the experience that our client has as a result? We did a leadership and economic summit a couple years ago mm. with uh, Dave Sanders from Zoom. Yes. Do you recall? Yeah, yes. And they do a, a, an interesting exercise, which is not that new. I think a lot of businesses do this. They have um, identified what's called a avatar. Mm -hmm. And I may get this wrong, but I want to say the avatar is Kathy. And, and, and it's a fictional name, but Kathy represents their client. Yeah. And every time they have a, a discussion about what product is it that they're delivering via Zoom Care or now Zoom Healthcare or Zoom Fitness or whatever, they discuss it in, in, with a context of how does Kathy feel about it, see it, purchase it, use it, all that stuff. And I think that's a great method for identifying what is and how is the brand promise experience. Yeah, and that's, it's, that was a really interesting exercise that they went through because that means they've identified and know what their customer wants so much that they can roll out the right product offerings, hire the right people, right. speak the language the, the correct way so that they it just matches with their customer perfectly. And I think that's why like ZoomCare in particular, they've created multiple brands uh, within the ZoomCare family is because it's targeting a different type of person. I believe so. I, I believe so. Now, is it foolproof? No. No. But it, 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 it's a great avenue to, to, to kind of work this out because it's not perfect. I, I, another um, method of getting there. So I, I've, you may have heard me talk in the past about this TED Talk by Simon Sinek. Love that one. Uh, called The Golden Circle and How Great Leaders Inspire Action in Organizations. So it's really couched in the guise of a leadership talk. However, and I think that is just as applicable to getting at what the brand promise is as it is about leadership, inspiring leadership. Because it begins with the why. Why do we do what we do? And when we get really clear about the why, what naturally extends from that is the value that we deliver to our clients. And when we can name that value, guess what? We've named the brand promise. And it's interesting because I think a lot of companies, they haven't really gone through that exercise of figuring out what the why and the purpose is. Right. And so they, they don't have a course or a correct path that they need to go on when they are starting to now interact with their customers. Because internally, they don't even know who they are. Right. There's an internal identity crisis. 
And, and, and imagine now if they don't even know there's an identity crisis and, and the ownership executive team is making key decisions about how to pivot the business or where to take the business, not knowing that there may be this disconnect that can have uh, 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 substantial implications on the business, such as Walmart experience with neighborhood stores. Now, it's hard to say how that, uh, how that boardroom conversation went. Would love to have been a fly on the wall to really observe and listen, but I would be willing to bet that there is a compelling argument in there that why they missed had something to do with that. That they were doing, they were responding more because Wall Street analysts were saying, well, geez, Walmart, they better be going after small box because small box gonna, is going to start eroding their base. And so they're responding to that as opposed to, wait, what's our core business? What's our core value offering? And does that strategy fit or not? If it doesn't, hey, Wall Street analyst, you know, go pound sand, man, which is not easy to do, admittedly, but it's easier to do that and, and take the flack ahead of time than after the fact say, you know what, we just had to close 150 stores which is what they did. So when you think about how companies veer off from their brand promise, what are usually the reasons why? You just, you just mentioned that the Wall Street analysts may be saying, oh, you need to go after the, 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 big, the small box stores. And so they sort of look from on an external basis at right. their competitors or whatnot. Right. But what are, what are some common reasons why people veer off from the brand promise? Well, I think, it, let's, let's talk about customers. Um, so Steve Jobs, you used to talk a lot about the voice of the customer mm. and how important that is in really defining your brand and defining the product in, in, in their case. Now, what's interesting about Apple is, uh, and, 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 and Simon Sinek talks about this in, in, in his TED Talk, is, is Apple didn't, they weren't following, like they weren't asking the customers, what do you want? And then here, we're gonna produce this iPod or, or iPhone or whatever. They were leading the customers. They were, it's like, because the, the, I, I remember reading Steve Jobs' book and he said, hey look, customers don't even know what they want. Right. And right. so they have the, he had this vision yeah. for how it's gonna look and right. feel, even the packaging. Exactly, which, which gets back to why that, that framework of the golden circle is so profound when it comes to identifying brand promise, and, and back to your question, how do, how do people kind of get sideways, hmm. is they're chasing their customers rather than leading their customers. Now, in leading your customers, it's not that you're dictating to your customers, this is what you will and won't buy. You need to have that open dialogue, what is it that your customer responds to, what are their needs and wants, but how you respond to that is not what they tell you they want. It's, it's getting at the underlying, what's the value? What do they value in what you offer? And now how, you, how can you package that value in either the product or the service in a very original and compelling way? Yeah, I think it's like you have to know your customers inside and out. And Absolutely. I mean, you got to open up the dialogue with them, ask them questions. I mean, there's probably a thousand different ways to really get to know your customer. Right. Do you know a lot of these companies who've really refined who they're targeting and uh, and really know them <clears throat> inside and out? How do they do that? 
How do they open up that feedback loop? Wow. I, and and th this is <laughs> where I, I really do need to lean on the marketing. I'm not a marketing yeah. guy, okay? So I, I, I'm sure there are some compelling and elegant ways to do this. Uh, certainly focus groups, and you could probably spend a, a ton of money doing this. I, I, you know, in, in my own experience, how I and we have done this at Pilot is we make sure we have meaningful conversations at the very top hmm. and at the very bottom. Explain that a little bit. Okay. So I, I think sometimes uh, when, you're, when you're servicing an organization, so we're a professional service firm. So I, on a, on a consulting basis, I will go into an organization and I'll, I'll begin engaging. And typically I engage at the C-level. So I'm hmm. working with the executive team. But it's important that I don't get pigeonholed in, in just you know, interacting at that level because oftentimes executive teams have no idea what's going on in the front lines of the business. True. And all you have to do is spend half a day shadowing people. They're actually doing the work, punching the buttons, making the product, whatever. And oftentimes you get an entirely different story what's happening in the business. So whether, whether it's um, a professional service firm like ours, or whether it's delivering a product to a distributor or to an end user is, is making sure that you have, have got a great cross section of that end user from top to bottom, inside and out. And don't just look for one voice. And especially if that one voice is telling you what you wanna hear then push beyond that to listen for a voice that tells you what you don't want to hear. Because that may often be the nugget of wisdom, that kernel of truth that helps you pivot in a way that will take your business to some other place you can't have imagined or saved your business from you know, ending up on a rock somewhere, whatever it may be. One of the things that we did at Zenium within the last few years, and actually you were quite a bit a part of it, it was first off, I mean, we wanted to refine the brand promise, but we also wanted to develop our internal, what we call the Zenium promise. Right. Uh, we did, actually did a podcast on that. Um, so if you're looking to develop that, you could go back and listen to it. But we involved the people in how, how do we develop what Zenium and what, like how, how do we act to each other, to our customers? What does that mean to all of us? And we opened it. It wasn't just like the leadership team getting in, in a small group and, and in a vacuum and, and developing this thing. No, we, we surveyed everybody. We refined uh, basically what people felt about the brand, about how we're supposed to treat each other, our promise, what, and what's most valuable to us. We started with that, then we moved over to the external side, which was the, the, the promise. Like what, what is our brand and what is it to the market? Right. And we, we got everybody involved because the people here are so invested in the brand and it's no different for any other company, but everybody's so invested in it that when we, hide, when we bring in another person we want them to know exactly what's expected of them, not only in their job, but how, how do they interact with our brand? Yeah, that's a great illustration, Brandon. Let me add one yeah. uh, additional comment to that. And, and that is whenever I take a, a, an organization through a values exercise, mm -hmm. the, the mistake that 
many companies make is they stop at the values. <laughs> okay, so it's just three like a bullet pointed list. Yeah, of a bullet value. pointed yeah. list of values. And and what I have learned is that you need to take it one step further and identify the behaviors. Yeah. What are and we call those behavioral anchors? What are the behavioral anchors that underpin each of those values? And why is that important? Because you know, let's talk about you know a, a value that I often see is integrity. It's it's a great value. It speaks volumes. The challenge is, is your definition of integrity may be different than mine. And what's important? It's not that you're right or I'm wrong or I'm right and you're wrong. It's that what's right for the business. So let's identify those behaviors that are of integrity that are right for the business in very specific terms. And, and, and now when we onboard people or when clients are looking at how we, how we behave, you know, not only we said, you know, integrity is important to us, but this is how we live integrity in these behaviors. Mm -hmm. Now, I think this is relevant to the brand voice as well. Because as a business, when we talk about what matters most, so our, our brand promise for Pilot is lasting impact. So in, 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 in you know, kind of that abstract mind's eye that we have when we think about this, our, and if you go onto our website, uh, you'll see that there are bridges. The, the iconography of lasting impact, you'll see bridges mm -hmm. peppered through it. That's really a profound icon for us because for us, we want to be making an impact on our clients that last generations. Legacy, yeah. It's absolutely. legacy, okay? And we, we have this refrain that we either want to be speaking at our clients' funerals or we want them to mm -hmm. be speaking at ours. So this speaks to about the multi-generational kind of view that we have. And we have a set of behaviors about how we do this. What is it that we adhere to? And, and between Nick and Jason and I, how do we hold each other accountable to this? So we're thinking in the long term. And that's interesting because I'm gonna make an assumption if you guys internally are looking for that legacy, that kind of the long-term factor, then naturally you're gonna pair yourselves up with clients who are also long-term thinkers. Absolutely. Instead this of the short-term like quick growth and then they're you know selling their business. I'm sure you like those clients, but they're not a perfect fit. Frankly, we don't like those clients. <laughs> okay, you don't. Because really, I mean, and, and, and every business owner can appreciate this, that oftentimes what looked like a really good client because you know lots of business and potentially profitable, but that client was not a good cultural fit in terms of the business, how much extra work that is. Tons of extra work. And it usually always ends badly. Yeah. And so we pay a lot of attention to this about who, who best fits this model of this kind of generational approach. We're not looking to get you know, uh, uh, instant success overnight. We're, we're willing to take you know, months and years to develop a relationship, often before they even choose, hey, we want Pilot to help us. And that's okay with us. That's okay. I want to tie this a little bit back. This is an, obviously an HR leadership podcast. Yeah, you bet. I think for the brand promise, really what it helps the rest of the organization do, I mean, we talk about business leaders like yourself who are trying to grow a business and you're trying to develop 
a brand promise. So you internally have an, a course of a navigation, like a compass, whatever. But for the rest of the employees, for larger companies, the reason you have a brand promise is not only for your, your customers to sort of feel it, but it's also a standardization for your employees to know ex- so they know exactly what's expected of them, to know where we're going, to know how we act in the marketplace. I mean, have you seen some of those things in action where from day one, somebody knows exactly? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and this is an experience that I had probably 10 years ago. I love enterprise rental car. And there's a lot of rental agencies to choose from, yet I will go to them hmm. every chance I get. And it's because of one experience that I had in Oak Harbor, Washington. When I'm on my way to a writer's conference and my Volvo generator blows up in a rainstorm <laughs> and I end up in this enterprise rental car in Oak Harbor, Washington, I have to get to Coopville, which is like 45 minutes away. And I have a, an appointment with a literary agent that I can't change. Wow. It's like you either show up or sorry, you're done. And they didn't have a car ready for me. So the regional manager put me in her car and drove me to that appointment. Wow, that's incredible. And then when I was done, she came and picked me up and brought me back. And then I had a car for the weekend while my car was in the shop. I mean, that's what I'm talking about because you you get on your website and they talk about customer service and everybody does this. But man, when you go to Enterprise Rental Car, you experience it. So every employee behind the counter if you notice when you go to enterprise rental car they will walk you out to the car and walk around to the car with you and make sure now what you're also going to get with that (laughs) is they're going to try to upsell you from that kia to that convertible mustang of course (laughs) you don't need it (laughs) you know um but that's you know you know but the customer service is that it was that first Absolutely. First experience that you had. Absolutely. And I've had that same experience. Not not the forty five minute drive, but yeah. just the customer service, yeah. the bend over backwards to, to Absolutely. Do it for you. Uh, here's another one, a small local example. Gainers Automotive Service up in Vancouver, Washington. Um, my uh, I was in, in downtown Vancouver the other day and the um, low pressure uh, warning light came on my dash one of my cars uh, tires had low pressure i couldn't tell which one so i took it in and i said hey this is going off and i think it should you know needs to be looked at they're like no problem they checked it out put air in all the tires he told me that when there's been you know a change in in temperature sometimes it can set it off he probably spent 20 minutes with me and i said how much do i owe you said nothing wow he said nothing. He goes, no, just you know, think about us yeah. next time you need hey, some. Hey, you're talking and about on the podcast. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, and so the, it's it's small stuff. It doesn't. I, I I think the mistake that people make with brand promises, like, okay, we we need to go out big with this. No, go small. Small and go small. And back to your point about you know organizations, you know, and how do you engage and why do you engage the people, everybody in the organization, because. When you go small, it's those small acts that they can take when they have the proper framework and guidelines to help them figure out how to do it, that will make the difference. It's not the big ad campaign that you're gonna spend a ton of money on it. I mean, that may help. It's really about being consistent over the years too. Yes, absolutely. Consistency and and just being mindful about what is the value we're delivering and how do we help people on the front lines deliver that. So let's go back to my Walmart example. 
if, if that brand promise conversation had been driven down to, let's say, the store manager level, so that store manager for that neighborhood store in, in, in you know, Boone's Ferry, if he had known, look, we've got a mixed message here. So what can I do to deliver the brand promise that Walmart says they deliver in a very condensed fashion? Now, maybe they had that conversation. Who, don't, who knows? Hey, yeah. But at some point, that, that argument was lost, if it was had at all, and they got what they got. But back to your point about you know involving the organization, this is why these these conversations and these guidelines around brand promise are so important. So the people on the front lines that do those those small acts of extending value and engagement with the client, uh, whether it's through the product or through the yeah. service, that is what will make the d- discernible difference ultimately. You know, another another thing that just as you were talking popped into my head is that the brand promise is almost if it's documented and you sort of have, I don't know if it's a document or just sort of integrated in your company, but it gives employees, the people that work for you, permission to act a certain way, Absolutely. and it keeps them engaged. So if I have <laughs> A documented process, uh, like enterprise rent a car, for example, customer service. I don't know what their credo is necessarily, but customer service is obviously number one on there. All the employees day one know that they can bend over backwards for their customers, and they don't even have to ask the higher ups. It's like when you call, you know, one of those big companies. The cus- you get the customer service, and they they can't make the decision. They have to pass you to their supervisor, and the supervisor's supervisor. They aren't clear. And their brand promise about customer service, and maybe that's not even right. a brand promise at all. Right. Maybe I don't know. I just think some people are very clear about it, some people aren't. But it yeah. gives ultimately it gives the employees permission to act yeah. a certain way. Yeah, it's it, it, it is amazing. And I'll throw out one yeah. one last example that big example. So uh, uh, most people uh, should be aware of. The fiasco that Volkswagen has gotten mm. themselves into, absolutely, with the altering of data of uh, smog emissions, yeah. making the turbo diesel appear to be a much greener car than it really oh, yes, is. Yes. And there was a great article. I can't remember the author, but I think it was the Atlanta Constitution, and and a journalist wrote an article about the difference between them and Tylenol. And mm. and 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 and. Harkening back to that huge issue that Tylenol had, I think it was back in the 80s, when it turned out that they had Tylenol that was potentially killing people. Yeah. And the decision to pull all the product everything, off the everything. shelves. Just, you know, everything off the shelves. And what the CEO at the time had said is, look, he had driven home the, the core responsibility that that business had to its customers. Which you know, when it comes to pharmaceuticals and 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 medicine, it's about keep, keeping them safe. It's about delivering on the promises. We're going to give you a product that's going to help you make you feel better, but it's going to be done safely. Now, the decision to pull. What's interesting, the decision to pull the product off the shelf came when the CEO was in an airplane, I think going to Japan or something, wow. and it was one of his people on his executive team that knew that, hey, we've already talked about what our brand promise is, and they all knew what their authority was to act on that. And so the decision to pull Tylenol off the shelves didn't come from the CEO. That's incredible. 
And that is what empowerment of a brand promise is all about within an organization. I think it makes decision making happen a lot faster. Absolutely. Just things speed up so fast versus you don't have to go through the hierarchy of decision making. Right. It slows things down and it's impossible to make business transitions. Now, interestingly enough, with Volkswagen, it will, who, 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 uh, who will ever know, but what it appears is that the exact opposite happened. Yeah. That some crazy stuff went on in a lab somewhere about, hey, you know, we could actually cook the books on this thing. Wow. And, and that can got kicked up the chain to the very top and nobody would do anything about it. It's incredible. Because they have somehow lost their way, lost their soul, as some would say, about what Volkswagen really is in terms of, you know, a car for the masses, a car company that everybody would, you know, a car that everybody would want to own. As we were talking about examples, a local one came came to my mind. And this brings it back to your original uh, Walmart example. A local company that gets it right, that is sort of similar to Walmart, Fred Meyer. What's their what's their tagline? It's what's on your list today, you'll find it at Fred Meyer. Right. And they've stayed consistent throughout the years. I don't know how old of a company they are, but whatever's on your list, you're bound to find it there. And the, going back to the Walmart thing, they sort of like had these based on competitors and external factors, they lost their way. And right. I think it's just so important to your point that we are so clear about our purpose, right. the promise to our customers, and um, that we're just all aligned within the organization. Yeah. So before we, we've been going long, but this has been such a fascinating <laughs> discussion. If, if somebody's listening to the podcast and saying, gosh, I don't think my organization has a brand promise, how do I, for one, bring it to the rest of the executives or leadership team to get started on this or even ask, hey, do we have one? And if you don't, if you don't know, you probably don't have one. <laughs> um, but how do you, how do you initiate that and how do you get it? How do you well, let, let, yeah, well, uh, let, let's answer that question. But let me, let me comment on, on, yeah. on something you said first. <laughs> if, you, if you're not sure you have a brand promise, I will tell you, you do have a brand promise. You're just not aware of what it is, and it may not be what you think it should be or need it to be. That's also a scary thing just because if if you aren't part of that executive or leadership group and you think you know what it is, that's very dangerous. I mean, if everybody may have their own opinion about what the brand promise may be and and acting very differently on an external basis. So Now, back to the question, a great question. I I, I think it it begins at the executive level to start asking the question and leading a conversation. There are a ton of materials on the web. Yeah, tons. uh, Articles and frameworks and all kinds of stuff to bury somebody for years in this conversation. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, I don't, I think oftentimes there's two, people are too quick to fill in the box of what it is as opposed to really sit and stew yeah, and marinate on this. And however many other analogies I can throw at it in terms of just really spending time with the question and not being too quick to answer. Along with that, it begins with starting a dialogue. Certainly with the executive team and then cascading that dialogue to the people in the organization and then cascading that dialogue outside the organization with the people that touch 
and use the product or service yep. that you deliver. That's where it begins. Where it ends is really, it's, it's, it's a unique it journey yeah. um, for every organization. Now, I, uh, of course, I'm in the business of helping our clients do this. Um, I think that getting help with this can be really beneficial. Um, oftentimes, an impartial third voice, uh, third party to help reflect uh, what you may be saying because, uh, you know, and, and we've even had this challenge uh, amongst the three of us at Pilot, we'll be kind of bouncing the stuff around and it all has the same perspective and we need to get relief on that. So it's sometimes having a, another perspective in to, to be objective about here's what I'm hearing can help get traction on that. And I mean, going back to the reason why we're talking about brand and promise today is because it touches seriously every aspect of the business. It helps fuel your decisions right. in marketing, recruiting, in you know whether or not to go after a new market. If you're if you're looking at your competitor in the rearview mirror, they're on your tail. Maybe it fuels our decision making based on what's going on. I mean, there's so many pieces. Of the of a business that the brand promise touches that it's not just a marketing thing and I think that's what I the point I want to hit, hit I, I think that's a, a, a really good point and you know it's my belief that a brand promise um, no different than the values and and clarity about vision in the organization it has more value in keeping you out of trouble than helping you find the next big opportunity <laughs> Yeah. As the saying goes, and people have heard me say this many, many times, you know, there's the old uh, uh, adage, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, exactly. And being clear about what that brand promise is, where is the tangible value that we deliver to our client, that should help guide us in staying out of areas that we need not be. Yeah. The other interesting thing before we, we close, uh, I think the brand promise is an internal guide, but it's also an external guide. And here's what I mean by that. I think it helps people self-select into your tribe. I want to call it a tribe that I read Seth Godin's book, Tribes, years ago. And I, it was it really ties into this nicely. It's where people see what's going on in your little community, your little tribe, your, your culture, and it's fueled by your brand promise. And they self-select in, either as a customer, or maybe they want to work for you, or right. maybe they're just a fan of your brand. You don't necessarily have to do business with them or work with them. Maybe you're just a fan of what they do. But yet, it just being clear about that helps align those two parties. A absolutely. I, I think this is what you've just described is how the law of attraction works. Mm -hmm. Is that when you get really clear about what it is you know, that brand promise is and that, that tangible value, and you live it, people are naturally drawn to it that are aligned with that value. And, you know, at, at, at Pilot, it took us a while to get there, but we've gotten really good about attracting the right clients. Why? It's not because we know what to say, although that helps. <laughs> we've learned to get out of our way in a lot of ways, but it's because we embody that brand promise in who we are and what we do. And that naturally attracts the clients that we want to build our firm with. Rick, this has been an awesome discussion. Um, for those that are listening or interested in learning more about you, where could they 
Where can they find you? Well, certainly there's there's the good old internet. Yeah. <laughs> so Just type in Rick Thomas. Yeah. In, yeah. The, in the Googles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know our 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 web address pilotwm.com. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to find us. Um, awesome. And we'll make uh, sure to to link to the website and the in the show notes, of course. Awesome. And Really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks for uh, the opportunity, Brandon. Thank, a lot thanks, of fun. Thanks for the download today. Uh, you could get us on iTunes. Uh, subscribe if you if you're not a subscriber. And also, if you like the podcast, go ahead and give us a, a review on iTunes. A five star would be great. But we're just looking for feedback. It helps us fuel content in the future. But thanks for listening today, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.